Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. You know, you can play 59 minutes and, and 50 seconds of great hockey and make two mistakes, and uh, it costs you the entire game. And I feel like that's what I just spent the last two and a half hours watching. Am I wrong? Yes. Somebody? I'd say 57 minutes of good hockey, because that first two minutes was garbage. That's a good point. The first They, they started out awful, as uh, they have in the first uh, minute of most games. But... Uh, yeah, it was like they were completely hemming them in on pace for 45 shots all game. Ended up with 40. Like, <sighs> the little blunders, man. I felt like I was watching Travis Dermott out there all over again. <laughs> uh, Leafs controlling the dot tonight and pretty much having mm. the momentum of the game, uh, controlling the most time in the offensive zone. But when it comes down to it, overtime oh my god one little misstep willie goes down and that's the way she goes sammy doesn't have it when we really need it so i have a video that goes along with the sentiment of of doing a really good job until it means the most and just uh having it all fall apart so let's watch hopefully Oh, I hope so. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I have to not. do that one in post. That's a shame. We'll fix it in post. Well, it was a guy biking, and he pulls off a really nice backflip, and he lands it well, but as he's coming down off the ramp, he goes right into the mm. rocks. And uh, I felt like that was the Leafs tonight. You know, the, the trick was nice. The takeoff was nice. And uh, the landing just, just right at the end fell apart. My video was so perfect. I can't believe it didn't work. The music was <laughs> nice too. I was getting built up yep, for this moment nice. and it was going to be the storyline. And then, well, technical difficulties. Yeah, well, it's okay. I think it's the, the, the file size is just a little too big. For some reason, I can play them if they're like 10 seconds or less. That one's like 15, so it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back to Leafs Late Night. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, did I break the thing by doing that too? You want to roll, bud? Yeah. I know. Very good tonight. Right on I track. Broke it. <laughs> Just do the thing. Do the thing. Play the play the the intro. Just please, please, you're, just do you're, it. You're very Justin Hall tonight. <laughs> and what 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 do you mean by that, Mister Beaner? Well, you're 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 trying. I think you're genuinely giving a a good try, a good effort, <laughs> but it's it just nothing's going well. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I had all these plans for sounds to do tonight, but apparently the soundboard because I played a video that was too much, it crashed the whole thing, and now we're we're Can't stuck compute. here. So, uh, so much for that. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night, you night owls. It's uh, Roscoe Sethi, Steph the Fanalist, and National Beanographic. Um, thanks for joining us. If you are not already, go and hop in our Discord right now. The link is uh, on our pages, 
all of them the way that you find this podcast you can get it right in the description or if you're on our twitter you can get it there join the discord it's fun and the more people the better yeah um so we've got a couple things to do tonight besides covering the game i want to look back at all of our preseason predictions and see how the standings are shaping up i know there's a couple in the wild card section that are uh, up in the air but I think it's worth looking at now because four of us are together and we've mean to do this since mid-season to get an update on it. So let's do it now while we can. (laughs) I also want to uh, ask all of you some little trivia questions about point leaders on all the different teams tonight without looking anything up. So we'll see how you guys do. But as we touched on already, let's get into the game. So Steph, what the hell happened here? Oh my God. Well, Leafs... Panthers third meeting of the year but the only difference here is we have Lion in net who and a national anthem singer who knows the lyrics to the opposing team's oh, anthem thank god well and she did an awesome job man you have to applaud her she's yeah. been really belting her pipes and man she's great I mean Leafs Nation was hurt over our last singer moving on from from the Maple Leaf organization but hey we have a great replacement now and she's doing awesome but yes we meet Lion tonight this rookie I don't know rookie but I don't think he was drafted in the NHL actually Um, looking up his stats here he's been in and out of the NHL first uh, entering in like 2014 with Philly but he was a brick wall tonight. Oh my god. Uh first time facing the Leafs. He's 30? Yeah, 30 years old. First time facing the Leafs and he might be a potential Leaf killer. I mean, the guy's got an 894 in his career and a 333 goals against average. So like there's no reason that he should have had this performance tonight, but oh my god, the guy was standing on his head. <laughs> this is insane. It like I got to give it to him because it wasn't for a lack of trying from the stars, man. Like Matthews was flying tonight. I mean, Marner picking up a couple bad penalties, but the guy was engaged. They were all trying that goal that got called back from yarn croak. Like, damn it. They tried hard. He was standing on his head. He couldn't hold on to his stick, but he was standing on his head. It seemed like every single play he let go of his stick. Oh, it's in the corner. Like, come he didn't on, need it. Clearly, still posted a 9.50 tonight. Uh, Leafs with a shit ton of shots on net, 40 shots. And damn, man, like it was nice to see the jump on that first line with Yarn Croak back up there. Leafs going back 11 and 7, seeing Simmons coming back into the lineup. I love it when Simmer is in, but Achari's out. Lily's back in, Sammy's back, and yeah. The thing with the 11-7 is one of those 11 forwards I don't think can be Simmons because you're kind of guaranteeing he's going to be off for at least five minutes at some point (laughs) or, you know, two minutes here and two minutes somewhere else. Like you're losing one of them just by having him in the lineup. Like you know what he's there to do. And I don't think you can afford to do that when you're running 11-7. Like, am I crazy? Because I think... When I, as soon as I saw him out there and going to the penalty box immediately in the first couple minutes for that roughing, I was like, well, now we're already down two forwards. With with how they've been utilizing the big boys lately when they're doing the 11-7, and 7, I actually think it might not be horrible. I'm not saying Simmons specifically. I love the guy. I really want to see him do well. I was actually saying to the, my wife as we were watching this game, like it'd be really cool if he got on a hot streak and could play a couple meaningful games for us in the playoffs because I love him as a person. 
He's been such a great, great veteran on this team since coming over. But you're loading up on the big guys, on Matthews, on Marner, Nylander, Tavares, and they've been able to handle it. They've been playing so well. So I think it wouldn't be as bad this year as it would have been last year or in previous years. He has an apple tonight, guys. Uh, Simmons collected that apple off the Zach Aston Reese goal in the second period. And I know you're referring to Roscoe, man. First shift out there, Simmons gets called for roughing. Good thing it was a four-on-four because uh, the other guy gets the call as well. But you want to be impactful. You want to stay out of the box. I mean, Leafs couldn't convert on any power play opportunities tonight. But, like... I don't know. I thought he did well for what he was there for. Yeah, and I mean, to his credit, I think that kind of permeated through the team as Radko Gudis went after absolutely everybody. I don't think anyone backed yeah. down from him. I mean, he went after Giordano. He went after Bunting, Shen. who kind of punched him in the face. Um, went after Shen. You know, there was a lot of uh, engagements that they they didn't shy away from, and that was nice to see. And I don't know if that happens if you don't know that Simmons is behind you to back you up necessarily. So that's a good point. Yeah, and with this 11-7 and seven lineup, it's uh, interesting to note Bunting and Lafferty are the two guys on their own switching lines uh, between the rotations. So it's Simmons still gets his partners for most of the time, and then you guys have a guy like Luke Shin, right? And like the talk is Luke Shin, he should be out there more. He has the highest amount of hits in the NHL. But I was it was nice to see tonight him not taking a penalty after all the pushing and shoving and what could have happened. I mean, how many brawls could have broken out tonight alone uh, from everything that was going on? Yeah, instead it was Mitch taking all the penalties tonight, which is uncommon for him. Like, I mean... Okay, let's let's talk about power plays for a second since we're on penalties. There's been a lot of chat on Twitter about how bad the Leafs power play was looking at them tonight. I think if you're comparing power plays between Florida and Toronto, that's the difference between a cold power play and a bad power play. Florida's is horrible, man. Like the Leafs at least hold on to possession and they're cycling the puck around. They just can't seem to get that last little bit to find the opening. Florida can't even hold on to possession. They're giving the puck away as bad as they were the rest of the game, giving up shorthanded chances left and right. Like, they just look sloppy. And I'm thinking everybody's complaining about the Leafs, and this is, like, atrocious to watch. There's, they can't get anything going. So, really, that's all I can say is it's cold power play versus a bad power play, and I'd rather have a cold one. Surprisingly, they're still 11th overall in the league. Uh, just surprising off the eye test, right? But this... This team should be on fire. They're stacked even after the offseason trades. But I think it's this President's Trophy curse. It has to be like barely making the playoffs to begin with and coming to this team. I mean, Keith Kachuk came on radio saying that Florida straight up soft and uh, Matthew is completely disappointed with how this season is going. But yeah, his dad straight up said to Leafs Nation today, Carlo Koliakovo, saying that the team is too soft and that's what's missing. So, Didn't Brooks Kepka call out uh, Ekblad too? Calling him Pylon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he was like holding a pylon. He was. Yeah, he had one up in the box and everybody's like, what, do you guys like know each other or something? Or like, no, we are not friends. <laughs> like, oh, shit, that was actually savage. 
Speaking of the power play, though, uh, after the game in interview, Matthews actually said that the power play could have been the difference maker here and that it could have, you know, brought the momentum up and could have used the boost from the power play in general. And it's times like tonight where you're 0 for 4. And it's not that we're bad. It's just times like this where you wish went one went in, right? Yeah, look, the other night, JT picked up two power play goals in the same game. Like, yeah. it's not like they're always like this. It's just these are the nights when it makes the difference, like you said, especially in a tight game like this where really you're outplaying them left and right. So if you can pick one up on the power play, it'll just solidify you know the rest of the game if you uh, aren't able to get one 5-1-5. Five, one, five. Even well, not though, only like, that, we when you were able to outplay them tonight, did you guys kind of feel like the Leafs still had another gear that they could have hit? I'm not too sure if it's like they're set in stone with their playoff standings, right? But I felt even like they like controlled about 80% of the game tonight, but they still had another gear that they could have hit. There was a bit of desperation that wasn't quite in their game tonight. Even like playing yeah. center and stuff, that's kind of a sign of it. Yeah, and I think it's like we talked about coming into this game. It's going to be weird playing a team that's fighting for that wild card spot while the Leafs are just kind of coasting their way to the end. It's it's hard to have the same effort that, uh, that Florida's going to have coming in. But man, Florida looked bad. For a team yeah, that's really trying to hold on. So I agree, like with how badly they were playing, you'd like to see them jump on a few of those opportunities and just really finish off embarrassing them. Cause I mean, they were making them look silly just in the the turnovers they were collecting. But uh, if you're not able to score, it just doesn't really sell the fact that you're outplaying them. That Toronto. Way. Well, and when you get the contributions sorry, 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 from. No, no, it's all good. From the, like you get contributions from Zar like that. Like he yeah. was oh, yeah. buzzing tonight yes. and not that they let it go to waste, but they kind of didn't take advantage of it. Right. Yeah. And 100%. yeah, cause it's supposed to be supplementary scoring, right? It's not supposed to be the thing leading yeah, your team. Definitely. And it doesn't like, it hurts too, right? When Florida scores one minute into the first period, just <laughs> from sloppiness in their own, like Leafs own zone. We're talking about how, <laughs> Florida was playing sloppy. Man, Leafs couldn't handle the puck themselves during the first and most of the second period there. Um, even though they had momentum and like possession for a lot of the time, the passes, it's like they couldn't connect a lot in the first period. And I don't know, I just sloppy, sloppy play. So when you say this other gear, Southey, I'm thinking that next gear is just simply um, taking a pass. Yeah, it's funny that uh, McKay blew that almost in the exact same spot that Lilligren did the other night. And, man, they just... He knew it. For some reason, it's this right side, the whiff, every time they get caught up and trying to do it too fast. And I don't know, man. It's just really hard to watch professional hockey players make really big blunders. To start off on the face-off dot, like, don't be afraid to ice it or put it high off the glass. They were just doing really, really short, hard, like, three, four-foot passes, playing hot potato, and yeah, definitely, like they coughed it up and it caused a goal, but just slow it down once in a while. Just chip it out. Like, I've been playing Chell the last couple of days, and that's the kind of pass that I would make in front of the net and immediately go, Oh my God, why did I make that pass? And that's the reason that I lose games. Like, it's not something that the Leafs should oh, be making. Oh, McCabe, this hot and ready pizza pass directly to Listerine, oh. who's right there, and a little pass to Lundell, who's 
just easy, right? One on one with Sammy. Uh, thank God Sammy is back. I mean, we missed him. He had a nice week off uh, welcoming his new Canadian born son, Miroslav. Says he's 100% now with time off, but damn, like you're not helping him in these situations. Like no one's there. And um, McCabe just gets unlucky sometimes, it seems. If it's not off the skate, it's a just this this kind of pass and you're like just not a good start (laughs) no and uh we saw some similar play from justin hall tonight i mean he like you were saying justin he he played well he tried really hard it was just those few little mistakes he made that uh, were so so egregious (laughs) and it seems that shots always come off of him you know like i know he wasn't the last person to touch that one that got deflected in but uh it went off of him it seems to always go off of him (laughs) one really nice change this year i've noticed like the last couple years it seems like every single time he was on the ice he was in the crease hindering campbell's movement yeah i don't know like i don't know if he didn't have faith in campbell or maybe something the team said like hey you know what you got to get in there you got to block it because it seemed like he was always in the way and he's not really doing that this year so yes i it, i still stand by what i said he's definitely not my favorite defenseman on the team i think he needs to spend a little more time in the press box but he has improved over last year he has i just find that he always ends up being in that spot not in the crease but in front of it enough that the shot will come off of him and change directions. Like how many times this year have we seen a shot go off of his knee or his ass or something and go into the net? And it's like, God oh, damn yeah. it. Like if you're not going to block it, move out of the way. As well, my dad's been saying that since I can remember watching hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember a, a time in, um, time before that the Leafs used to give up too much like they would give all eyes to Freddie and just let him have it you know and no one was there in front of him it felt like but then we had Justin Hall blocking eyes at all points in time but he's been doing well recently and tonight I really appreciated when he gave Kachuk a little um slash there but then kachuk oh my god this guy he needs a raspberry or oscar or something just selling the embellishments like who did it better marner headbutting the puck with that neck whip or kachuk uh giving himself a whiplash on on that embellishment like come on that was brutal to finish on the hall point though like beaner you're absolutely right he's not getting in the way of the goal anymore and I feel like his best asset is when you don't notice him all night. And I really didn't notice him for the most part. But then he does make that one mistake where you do notice him. And he makes those mistakes more than he makes a great play. So uh, I'm always wondering why he's so much in our rotation. But yeah. Shorthanded um, leader for time on ice uh, for the Leafs mm-hmm. uh, with 433. I mean, hey, he's been doing well. I think these new partners have been really helping him. Uh yeah, like when he's insulated and he's quiet, then he's usually playing like a responsible, good game. But he always does make one mistake, and that's when you start to notice him a little bit, opposed to him doing, you know, an above-average play. Yeah. And it seems to always be a mistake that is at the – he's the last line of defense, right? Like he'll be the last defender back. So yeah. if he makes a mistake, there's nobody to cover for him, and it more likely than not is going to end up in either a high-danger shot or a goal. Whereas if anybody else in the ice makes a mistake, you've got – you know, maybe three or four other people there that can cover for you. 
So that's that why it said, just seems that everything he does is is so much more, you know, uh, glaring. But there's certain def- there's certain players and certain defensemen who thrive in that kind of role, though. For like, sure. I don't know about you. Oh, I, yeah, I don't... I'm not saying it's an excuse. No, no. Like, I don't know about how you guys remember him, but someone like Coberlay for us, like the guy had no panic threshold. He, it could be five players coming down on him and it would look like he's just out there shooting a puck before practice because he was that confident and that poised with the puck that it didn't matter. Whereas with Hall, if he's the last one back, you can tell he knows he's the last one back. He grips that stick and really just, tight. Yeah, just completely panics with it. Maybe he needs the tampon up the nose to activate <laughs> him like it has in the past and playoff time will come. And, and yeah. this is like not to shit on Hall because I think he's been playing pretty good. He's yeah. a very serviceable NHL defenseman and he takes a ton of heat from Leaf Nation, but sometimes it's hard not to. Yeah, and uh, I think the last one that de- deserves some shit before we uh, move on from the game and get to the rest that we got to cover is William Nylander. <sighs> Keith has been vocal about how Willie's not been uh, playing the same as he was for the uh, beginning of the season and probably the first three quarters of it. Last 10 games, he's been really falling off, and uh, tonight, a blunder cost him the game in overtime. So, what's going on with Willie? Minus two tonight, four shots, uh, two takeaways. But I don't know. I had the whole thing with playing on the outside and not attacking the net, not driving the net. And then we saw it, uh, what was it, first Florida, I believe, where they had an awesome with JT behind the net and Willie was right on the doorstep. I thought, you know, this talk was over, but then it's nights like tonight and it's like, oh, man, what what's going on? And... I don't have an explanation, like, especially in that OT, man. You were talking suddenly in our group chat that maybe, like, not the time to do what he did. Johnny's bringing up NHL hockey game. Like, you don't even pull that move there. Like, you're dead ass tired. You're not skating. You're pretty much like the second last guy back. You try to dangle, game over. So, do we think he's just going full Kawhi and just kind of putting himself on? rest for the yes, rest of the season i do he, like, like, he's, he's always been a perimeter player, player. Right? like he's like seth saying like he's usually on the outside but he earlier in the season he carves more towards the middle he's trying to make those plays or like those hard cuts but you're just not seeing that right now and i personally think he's probably just trying not to get hurt and saving a bit of gas but hopefully I mean, he does seem like somebody that thrives on just his own personal motivation, right? Like, it doesn't matter what's going on around with the team or what other players are doing well. It's just it's just himself at the end of the day. And he seems like a guy that doesn't really want to try that hard at the end of the season when it doesn't matter. You know, they've got their spot. They know who they're playing. He knows where he's playing. They're waiting for O'Reilly to come back. Things are going to get shifted around again. You know, it's just like, whatever, you know, let's just get to the end of this. Coaches know what work for their players. And Paul Maurice uh, thinks screaming at the top of his lungs and going berserk oh tonight uh, works. And clearly it did. I don't know what happened there, but I saw a lot of rip bleeding saying uh, you're playing like little bitches and fuck off, fuck <sighs> off, fuck this, fuck that. And whew, it was livid it was hot and spicy didn't Paul Maurice leave the Jets didn't he leave the Jets for like his own mental health and because you know 
he wanted to uh, go to a room that was better and I think I he's the like problem. There was a mutiny in the room. <laughs> Which like him and Tornarella, like, like they just yeah. Yeah. But Maurice never used to be that way. Mm-mm. Like I remember when he was coaching the Hurricanes and even when he was coaching the Leafs, like he was he's such an articulate coach and like interviewing him, you love hearing the guy talk. Like he could read you the manual for your fridge and you'd be interested. But just the yeah, way he, he describes things. Too. <laughs> Something happened in this Winnipeg, man. It's still happening. Well, when it gets to minus 45. Seven wins in the last 20 games for Winnipeg. They were shut out last night by the Sharks. Uh, they fucked my fantasy teams uh, for sure. I should have traded Shifley like at New Year's time when he was hot, hot, hot. Kyle Connor is not scoring. I don't know. Their coach was pissed. Yeah, but it, I just found it funny what, um, tonight when Yarncroke scores. What a beautiful goal, right? Marner gets the puck from the Leafs' blue line down on one knee to Matthews at Florida's blue line to feed Yarncroke 44 seconds after the Czar goal. And Paul Maurice is going freaking berserk knowing that it's an offside call. Like, we, we all knew it, and it was just unfortunate because it was such a beautiful call. And he doesn't stop, and then... Panthers <laughs> eight seconds later take a interference penalty, so he's 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 even more livid, and it's just funny to watch from the other perspective. It's like who was listening? Well, that was a great call too when uh, Nylander got held and then tripped over the stick, and they were like, "Ah, uh, let's call it holding because it wasn't tripping." Oops, mm-hmm. and sorry. The arm Paul. went up when he fell down. No arm went up when he was holding if you want to call it that so refs definitely save their asses there uh but but see that that's the type of like i haven't pulled up the hockey canada rule book in a long time so i might be thinking of that but in some instances depending on the referee you're talking to you're supposed to have care of your like care and control of your stick Yes, if it breaks or you drop it and it's just sitting on the ice, sure, that's one thing. But that was all in one motion of the play. Like, the stick hadn't stopped moving from leaving his hands yet. So, you could almost see why that could be classified as a trip. Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say that even calling the holding, it's like the first grab, it wasn't super uh, difference-making, I guess, unless Nylander continues and falls over that stick. Like you could just say, Oh, we'll, we'll play the advantage there. Like Nylander still got the buck, but the fact that it ended with the stick falling and he tripped over it, it's like, okay, no, I'm going to call this now because this has now influenced how the play happened. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing to note tonight too, uh, Zach Aston Reese getting his first career penalty shot unfortunately missing but we kind of saw that, that coming ugly. yeah 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 but nice to see him get it okay so okay so it's funny okay so because that leads us into this one let's do a start one bench one cut one from chris early before we move on so blizzard start one bench one cut one this is for tortilla chip dip Queso, salsa, and guacamole. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is hard. I will start. I'm going to say start guacamole because I make the best guacamole. I'm going to bench. Um, 
I'm going to bench salsa because there's some really good salsas out there and there's mango salsas and like all, all kinds of good ones. Um, and there's only really one kind of queso and it's Tostitos and it's always overpriced and I feel like I want it. And then five chips in, I'm like, this is not making me feel great. So I'm going to bench queso or cut or cut queso. Oh, okay. So start walk, start walk, bench salsa, cut queso. What so- do you all say? I'm saying start, uh, since you said you make the best guac, well, our friend makes the best buffalo chicken dip, so I'm starting buffalo chicken. That wasn't (laughs) off the board. Call me Bob McKenzie, I don't care. Um, (laughs) Start (laughs) buffalo chicken, bench garlic hummus, and cut the rest. What? What? (laughs) We're off the rails officially. (laughs) Okay. So they bring us back here. Oh, you got to go with salsa. That's number one. It's so versatile. It goes with anything. It's never hit or miss. Like you said, you have the best guac. Maybe I've got the worst guac, so I'm not putting that. Okay, <laughs> so you got to cut that. It's glorified cheese whiz, right? I'll take my chances with guac in the middle. With jalapenos. Of course. Steph, what do you think? It's hard because I love me some avocado, so... Ooh. Free Shavakadu. Uh, you're right about the versatility with salsa, Southy. You can cook with it. You can dip it. You can spread it. You can do whatever, right? Um, hmm. I'm going to... hard to fuck it up. I'm going to start guac because my heart uh, goes to avocado. And I'm going yes. to bench salsa and obviously cutting the... Uh, queso because it is fake cheese melted down caca even though uh, it is good if you're having munchies <laughs> but uh, after that when you think about it exactly. you're like oh, and yeah exactly it's munchies and then a few and you're like I'm sick <laughs> you absolutely nailed it there's like five or six good bites and you're like oh, I made a terrible decision <laughs> and it's like seven dollars for a jar like oh it's not worth it yeah uh, so, Steph, since we completely agreed on this, uh, we have to establish yeah. a bet because we are about to go to war here between the Ottawa 67s and the Oshawa Generals. And I have thought of a good idea because we keep putting this off. And I think that from here on out, the level of bets on LLN will be decided by uh, loser has to try some uh, Vegemite yes. on the air. I will eat the expired Vegemite. <laughs> oh, was it expired? Uh, maybe. Um, I was thinking about that. Does it go bad? Uh, well, apparently these ones are. So Luke, man, come on. I checked the dates. You sent it to me after the expiry date. But it's fine. I have to interject here. As someone who considers myself a somewhat decent better, <laughs> you have a huge advantage here, Johnny. This is wild. The 67s have 51 wins, and the Generals have 26. I know. How has this not been a factor into this conversation yet? <laughs> I'm being played. So You are taking advantage so what, of Steph, and it is obvious to Thank me. you, Southey. Where have you been this entire time? Like, when I've needed you, you've... Yeah, okay. Okay, you're raising your broken wrist like it's something. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. So, Steph, if what what do you want the standard to be then? What what are the? It's the, fair. I'm just missing Southy in my life, and this. Oh, it's not fair. First of all, <laughs> we knew it was whatever you have to do. His has to be worse. 
I was going to say, here we go. If Oshawa wins, not only does Roscoe have to do the Vegemite, he has to eat one of our other random creations. Oh, Love it. not your peanut butter and cheese. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's so lucky. <laughs> That's Beaner's oh, okay, favorite. Fine. <laughs> and delicious. you know what? For those that don't know, I, I am a, I consider myself a foodie, a home cook, you know, one of those master chef type people who has never really done it professionally, <laughs> but likes to make these creations at home. And I, I am going to be very uh, disgusted by these, you know, just the combinations <laughs> of food that don't work. I'm just like, this no. is what we have to I, do. Like, the Vegemite I cringe is watching the table, bad cooking. But we need to have a poll of what else Johnny will have to eat. Oh my god. Four okay. options. Let the people choose. Oh Sounds my good. god. 67's better pull this out. Damn. <laughs> okay. So at the beginning of the year, we made our predictions <laughs> uh, Roscoe, for uh what the state. We did have some what? questions. Do you want to answer them before we go there or Oh yeah, what's two questions? Sorry to break up the no, it's okay. next session, but that was a good move. Um, Doug Leafan just comments saying, uh, Selkie should be Marners. I have to agree. Um, we've had this conversation all year long and hell yeah, Norris and Selkie for Marner. Uh, Chris Rickett says, what the hell is my question? This team is in trouble going into the playoffs. Can they protect a lead in the playoffs? Stop, stop it. Get out of here. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Okay. Uh, Nine times out of ten, the Leafs win this game by like two or three goals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did well, honestly. We turned the page, and it was just a stupid little thing. And don't focus on it, okay? It'll be okay. Appreciate the passion. Yeah, man. yeah. Maple Leaf fans, take a breath. Hey, Maple Leaf fans, been a while. After tonight, Leafs are a plus forty-six, which is sixth best best in the NHL. Austin leads the way with a plus 32, eighth best in the NHL. But should it be a concern that JT is now minus four? Only Czar, minus six after tonight, and Riley is minus five after tonight, are worse. No, because I think the strategy with the Leafs has been not to put Matthews and Marner out against the top lines of the other team. And so that means that JT generally plays against whoever the star players are. So he's more likely to get scored against just for that fact alone. Like Matthews, plus minus is such an antiquated stat. Yeah. Like Matthews isn't out there. I mean, sometimes he'll play against McDavid, but they try not to do those matchups, right? Like he's not out there playing against, you know, uh, Ranton and, and McKinnon. Like they'll put him out there against the second line or something to try to create some offense. Whereas, you know, if JT and, Marner and uh, Kerfoot are the second line, then they're going to be seeing most of the action against stars. So let us not forget sense. that like power play does not count for plus minus either. Yeah, so definitely. Yeah. Exactly. And JT's had a lot of line partners this year. We're always trying someone new on that left wing spot. Uh, everyone from Ingvall to literally Lafferty. Ingvall scored tonight. <laughs> right. 100%. So uh, last question, Mike at Mike, the fanatic, do you think Keefe will punish Nylander next game for that awful effort, which led to the game-winning goal? I mean, he's already put him on blast to the media. So, I mean, I don't know how much more he can do besides demoting him down. But, like, there's not really any use in doing that right before the playoffs. 
I think that's the thing they do in closed doors or in practice. It's not going to be noticeable during next game. Yeah. Well, and that's that's something that this like this management group pretty much has done right from the get go. They're not like what Keith says in the media isn't anything that you could really worry about or be upset about. Anything that could be really, you know, maybe embarrassing for the player. I think is all said and done behind closed doors, and because that's where realistically, at the end of the day, that's where it should be, and that's where it should stay. Yeah. And I think the yeah. players have a lot of respect for them over that kind of stuff too, right? Agreed. Especially now that there's no Amazon Doc crew following them around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have a couple of questions on mine. So uh, Vi Blue and White Zapper asks, "What is it with no-name goalies having their game of their <laughs> lives against the Leafs?" Right, man. It seems every time it's their first game, it's like they just pull it out of their ass. Like it's it's their one time to shine. It's going to be high danger shots. They've got the adrenaline. The, everything is going center of the hockey universe. They're just the main character tonight. Yeah. First trip to the center and of the hockey universe. Got to put on a show. Yep. It's, the it's most their night of to any the hockey game of the night. Exactly. It's be a pro mode. You're the goalie. You're playing against them. It's, you know, all the achievements are on the table. It's You're playing at Yankee Stadium, Dallas Cowboys. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. By the way, be a pro mode in NHL is actually ridiculously difficult unless you have it on easy. Hmm. It is. Wrong. To actually follow all the positioning recommendations and everything to like get a good score in the game is so hard. I was a defenseman. Oh, it's impossible. Might as well be a fucking so, goalie. <laughs> second part, Lily, is he playing his way out of the game, game one lineup? Um, maybe. Like with the amount of defensemen we have, game one, I don't know if Lily plays. Keith addressed the media when asked, saying that, you know, he wants Lily to focus on the fact that he's been an excellent D-man for them all season long. And now that there's a little bit of adversity, they want to help him through it. And he they recognize that 11-7 and seven is usually a harder system to play for younger D-men. And, like, I don't know. I think they're trying here. And um, obviously it's a new lineup every single night and maybe a new partner. Um, I see Lily in. Um, I he think he needs to be in. But, well, like, it, it gets better. And we got to adjust Ryan O'Reilly back into the lineup as well. And, like, there's going to be adversity. But it gets better. Hopefully. I love Lily. Well, and like I mentioned it last episode, like, you can have multiple things happening at the same time, right? Yeah. He can be an integral part to the Leafs' future, and he can be playing himself out of the starting lineup for the playoffs. True. I feel like he is a player that Keith wants in the lineup, and they're probably giving him a little like hard love right now. His lim- uh, minutes were limited, but I do think there's someone who they're going to want to work back into that at least bottom six pairing. He's won a championship with Keith. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's talented. He's good. So Mikey D asks, we're playing rock band. What instrument difficulty and five song set list. So if we were playing rock band as a group, the four of us, what instrument would everybody be? Well, I succeed on the drums or guitar or bass. Like I, I just don't sing. So whatever you guys don't want, I'll take if it's not the mic. 
Beaner. I'll sing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stubby. Uh, I'm not singing. I feel like guitar is the easy answer, so I'd probably want to do drums, but I know you'd want them, and I'm a nice guy, so I'd play guitar or bass. See, it's funny. I think it's because I actually play drums in real life. I feel like I try to play the actual song, which is not the notes that come up on drums. Like my muscle memory just can't stop myself from playing what I know is there. And so I always fail playing drums, but I'm really good at guitar on it because it's just rhythm uh, based and playing piano. And I do both of those things. So uh, if you want to there, so I'll take guitar and I would do it on expert because I got really good at guitar hero. That was my jam back in the day. So So there's our band. We used to play, my buddy and I used to play Guitar Hero 3 all the time. And I can't use the guitar. I had to use a controller. That's so weird. But I could do every song pretty, I think there was only two songs I couldn't do on Expert with the controller. That's wild. And one of them was one by Metallica because that one's next to impossible. Um, oh, yeah. My go to was always drums. Um, in the beginning, it was guitar because Guitar Hero was first, right? And. Um, because I also play drums expert level is the easiest because it's most like the song if it (laughs) exactly so the beat is actually to the beat you're not skipping every other note and whatever and so I only play on expert Um, I don't want to boost my own horn here but it depends on the song (laughs) too right because if you're playing like a heavy song it's easier to play it on guitar because you can use the bottom frets without strumming and just click, 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 you know, without using the strum for the fast notes. Yeah. But the, so I was I'm always hearing, a Guitar Hero kid over Rock Band. We can take down any podcast group at Rock Band. 100%. Oh, hell yeah. That's that's Come basically the gist of this. And songs. Uh, do you guys remember the songs or any of your favorites? I mean, there was a lot of classics on Guitar Hero 3, but I had 3, 4, and 5. So, I don't know. I was a little hardcore. But for three, it was like, uh, I don't know. We don't have, we don't have enough time to yeah. get into that. Yeah. Okay. I just want to. Guitar, wanna Guitar Hero three ruined Slow Ride for me. <laughs> slow Ride, yeah, true. Oh, that's, that's true. Rock Band two. And hit me with your best shot on drums. <laughs> I really liked playing uh, Nine in the Afternoon. It was a Panic at the Disco song. It was just fun to play. Oh, and yeah. um, hold on, where is it? Duh. Of course, I can't find it right now. Chop Suey was a really fun one because it's really fast. Nice. And uh, today by Smashing Pumpkins. Anyways, I know you want to move up. <laughs> we had a bunch of Tool songs on uh, World Tour, the Guitar Hero 4. That was fun. Nice. Uh, so Chris from our friends over at the uh, Late Arrivals podcast asks, eight games left for the Leafs, 16 possible points on the table. How many do they get? I'm going to say... 10 9 it's a good i was i was gonna say about 10 yeah we have a difficult opponents ahead of us uh besides ottawa detroit uh columbus we're left with boston florida tampa rangers montreal yeah um i'm gonna be positive and say 13 Ooh. I mean, it's possible, right? 12 or 13. Definitely just a tiny bit over 500. 
like you said, I mean, there's Columbus, Detroit, and Montreal, and what was the other lower one in there? Ottawa. 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 So that's oh, so that's four. That's uh, plus the others. Yeah, you know, they could come out with twelve, but I just think because of the timing and everything, and I don't know, Tampa's on a bit of a skids, but I would give the uh, the Ottawa and Montreal games are going to be weird, fluky games. Yeah, definitely. Last one here from Southpaw Cal. Why does Sportsnet Intermission suck so much? Host or content? I think it just comes down to these companies being owned by very old guard Canadian broadcast people that are behind on the times and set pretty strict rules for what's allowed to be done and set on TV. And they just, they're just behind. That's all. I noticed uh, Justin Bourne tonight on the panel. Is that a new thing? Uh, I thought he had his own show, but I'm, I don't keep up with all of the insider people. He'll, he'll occasionally come on just when you think you haven't listened to enough stupid people on there he'll come on and make you that much angrier (laughs) i do have to admit guys like i appreciate jen um she really breaks down the play sometimes Mm -hmm. and like gets into it and i feel like she's the only one not talking out of their ass and speaking from experience and trying to relate from like a hockey player's point of view and maybe like connecting to what the guys may be thinking in that moment um I don't know. I, it's nice to not see Kevin on there at the moment, um, but people have a lot of hate for Jen, and I actually really like her. Me too. What what I've and and this could just be me, but I've found that a lot of the female hockey players they're a lot more articulate in the way they read the game and understand the game, and they're able to break it down a lot better than the men. Yeah, because the only explanation i can even think of is the fact that nobody questions a man playing hockey and and earning a living at it whereas these women have had to like these women have had to fight for fight to belong right from the get-go so if they don't know every single play every single rule everything then someone's going to throw that in their face so just it, it you see jen or even cassie on some of the on some of the TSN ones like they it's so refreshing to hear their opinions especially compared to some knuckle draggers like Bexa. Yeah. Man. I <laughs> yeah, know it's I find the points but... are much more analytical mm-hmm. and like like you said they're more in depth and they don't rely on just being like a personality, right? Because yeah. like, as you mentioned like they can't afford to do that unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that's right, but that <laughs> No, but that's that unfortunately the case right now. I, I noticed yeah. they're trying to pick more jokes at each, at each other lately and trying to laugh more. And I'm wondering if this is in, influenced by like, you know, watching Biz and his interviews where he's talking about Matthew's chest hair out of all things and, you know, making a joke out of the interview where instead of talking about actual hockey. So I know Sportsnet's trying to get the viewership up, of course. We're kind of stuck between these monopolies of broadcasters, but yeah. One of the new trends that I don't like is where they do this thing where they reenact the play, where they have all these ex-players in a green screen room, like passing a, a puck around, like in suits and like dresses, just being like, okay, so then he comes around here and then it's, you're, so Henry, you're going to, you're going to pretend to like make this save. It's like, who the fuck is this for? Like it's very ESPN, like Sunday night football type of thing. 
And I just, I don't understand putting all of these ex-players on a pedestal. Like, I thought we were trying to move away from assuming that every person who's ever played a sport is going to be a good commentator for that sport. Like, it's just really discrediting all these people that went to school for broadcasting and journalism and are actually, like, putting their their life towards hosting these things. Like, some of the best hosts are not people that, that ever played. Like, Elliot Friedman is not an ex-player. Like, you know, the people that are on these things are not there because they have experience from from being NHLers. So I just yeah. think it it's a, it puts so much emphasis on those people when they they're like, oh, let's all get together and, and reenact this and and leave out the one person in the studio who didn't play. Except for like a very rare, like rare instance, the big companies are always going to bet on a like well-branded name, though, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't hate the idea of like hiring people for their name, but I think building an entire panel around X players for the purpose of reenacting plays for your intermission show is just a little silly. They should have had uh, Keith Yandel on tonight to break down his former team. See what he had to say about that. <laughs> oh, I was watching the Florida feed for a bit and they had, I think it was Jay Bowmeister. Okay. I th- on and he was it was not good hmm. it's not good so many of these guys like yandel's one of them too the way he talks he's so monotone like he would be so boring at a party <laughs> just the guy like uh, he, he's not bad knowledge wise in that, but no they're not going to be good here either that's what bowmeister was like you know they're asking him you know what did you what do you think of the power play there and Instead of looking at the camera, oh, they got he, the like, fucking turned, beep. he turns to the person who asked the question so that he's on camera like this. And he's like, well, Florida really has to start tightening things up because there's a lot of turnovers and the Leafs are the Leafs are a powerhouse and they're going to pick up on those turnovers. And it's like dude, the cameras are here, dude. Like, what are you doing? And talk like there's a, probably a teleprompter you're not looking at too. Like, Can't read. Oh, it was insane. <laughs> it was it was a little like watching Shaq. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, that just reminds me of March okay. or so. Was it who uh, couldn't read uh, Metropolitan at the All Star Weekend two <laughs> oh, years ago? <laughs> looking down and being oh, like, awesome. uh... <laughs> This is this is a big word. There's a lot of vowels. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> so we are getting tight on time, but let's quickly go through where we thought everybody would be at this point. Yeah. Based on uh, how last season ended, some moves made in the offseason. So everybody pull up your, your predictions, and I'll pull up the actual standings here, and we'll see how they compare. Cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the Pacific Division. Okay. We'll do it in the order that I think we did it on our show originally. So for the Pacific Division, in first place, we have the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, did anybody have the Vegas Golden Knights first place in the Pacific? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, so I had them fourth place. Where did you guys have Vegas? I Third. had them. Ooh, 
I, what was I thinking? Steph, I had them sixth. <laughs> Oish. I didn't get a Justin. chance to do my homework, but I know I had them missing the playoffs again. Okay, so um, I think that means that Southie had them the closest. Next, we have the LA Kings. So, Steph, where did you have the LA Kings? I had them fourth, and now they hold one of the best records since tread, trade deadline. I think they're going, what, like 11-2 and two or something? They're 7-1-2 seven, seven, and two in their last 10. Damn. They're doing well. So... I had them third, so I was only one off on them. I had them fifth. Yeah. Um, so this this could be close here because next up we have the Edmonton Oilers, who I had second. So if LA ends up uh, behind Edmonton, I could have nailed this. So we will see how this shakes out. So where did y'all have Edmonton fa- finishing? I had them first. Ooh. I had them second. Ooh, Southie nailed it so far. Or no, sorry. You are they're, they're third. I had them second. So we'll see. Next, uh Seattle Kraken are fourth place. I had them in sixth. I seventh. I had them right after LA at fifth. Okay, so you were closest there. Next up, Calgary Flames are in fifth place. I had them first because I'm an idiot and I drafted my fantasy teams based (laughs) on them being first in the Pacific. I thought they were going to be a fucking wagon. I had them first. I had them second. I had my three Canadian teams, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, to lead the way, but mm, it's a battle right now. Yeah, they they are at 83 points. They're a hot... Uh, 34, 26, and 15. They're a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at this. Speaking of hot messes, the Vancouver Canucks. Mm. A whole nine points behind them at 500, 34, 34, and 6. Ew. Um, I had Vancouver fifth place. Fourth. I had them third. I thought, you know... um. Kuzmenko and Mikheyev would reunite with or unite this Russian power and just drive this second line and then Mikheyev gets injured. Demko doesn't play most of the year and they shit the bed. Bruce is gone. Do they they have the quietest 100 point player in the league or soon to be 100 point player in the league? Definitely. Probably. They're just buried under every other bad storyline. Like the fact that Pedersen's sitting at ninety-five points is ridiculous. Yep. Is he actually? Yeah. Oh, shit. Good for him. Uh, Anaheim Ducks are sitting. Uh, was that seventh place? I had them in seventh place. <laughs> what did you guys pick? Seventh. Same. Nice. We nailed this, and then San Jose yeah, Sharks yeah. in eighth. We we nailed this one, guys. Way to go. Meyer's gone. Eric Carlson is having a Norris uh, winning <laughs> type season. Man, this guy might win the Norris, you think? Nobody had that happening. He's going to win the Norris on the last place team. He's going to be like the Shohei Otani of the NHL. <sighs> the Mike Trout, yeah. Damn. Okay, so Central Division. In first place, we have the Minnesota Wild, at least for now. 
by one point. So, I mean, this one could be a wash, but uh, I had Colorado in first place and it seems like they could end up there. I think all of us had Colorado. Did we not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Colorado. So where did you guys have Minnesota? Fourth. I had them third. I had them third. Yeah. So still could be third. It's uh, 95, 94, 94 between uh, the wild avalanche and stars. So it's a tight race there. The biggest disappointment for me this season is the Nashville Predators. Um, Forsberg's been out majority of the year. And, you know, looking at that roster the other night facing them, uh, I'm shocked that they beat um, Boston last night 2-1. to one. Uh, anything can happen in hockey clearly but damn it's like they're playing with a bunch of rookies right now and i don't know it just didn't go the way they intended this year so nashville currently sitting in fifth place i had them in second behind colorado where did you put them second me too See, I think we were all on the same page for how the Central was going to turn out uh then in third place dallas stars i had dallas fourth fifth Sixth. Okay, so I might, I might have got the closest on that one. Uh, Winnipeg Jets are currently sitting in fourth place. I had them sixth. So they, uh, they've been free falling, man. They're five, five and zero oh on a two game losing streak. They could end up dropping down behind Nashville. Also sixth. I had them fourth. Um, they were hot to start the year, and then damn, after trade deadline, they just jump ship. Well, you nailed it. They're fourth place. They're a plus nine, just barely squeaking above a positive goal differential there. Uh, then, like I said, we got Nashville in fifth place. Uh, St. Louis Blues in sixth. I had them in fifth place. What about you guys? Third. I had them fourth, uh, just above Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, they were supposed to be good. They had a really hot, uh, deep scoring season last year. But uh, it seems that everything has kind of fallen apart. Then, somehow not in last place, the Arizona Coyotes, who, despite all attempts from management, keep scoring and winning games. <laughs> I had them seventh. You know what's crazy? Is you'd expect them to... I mean... At least I would expect them to have a better away record just because of the arena they've got. They are 20, 12, and 4 in Mullet Arena. Wow. On the road, they are 7, 7, 23, and 9. Oh, my God. That is crazy. So it's actually worth going to see them in Arizona because they are like the only eliminated team that has a positive home record. Well, hopefully you get what you pay for uh, watching a NHL team in a college arena. Got to get a win. That's like a significantly positive uh, winning record, too, at home. That's that's fun. Good for them. So I had Arizona 7th uh, and Chicago in 8th. Or sorry, uh, Chicago is... Sorry, I'm looking back and forth at this thing. Arizona's 7th, Chicago's 8th. I had them the other way around. What did you guys have? I had Chicago 8th, Arizona 7th. Nice. Nailed it. Yeah, I said Chicago was definitely going to tank for Bedard, as we all knew, but I thought even more so than Arizona. Well, you called it. (laughs) Um, 
Next up, Metropolitan. First place, the Carolina Hurricanes. I had them second. Um, Would you have I stuff? think Beaner and I had them first. I know Beaner loves his Canes. so And I think he had them for the final with Toronto as well. I had them second. Well, uh... Second place is the New Jersey Devils, who I had in seventh. This was probably the biggest mistake I made uh, on this entire list. Nobody expected the New Jersey Devils to do anything this right? year. I, I also think had I seventh. Yeah, yet again, I didn't have a chance to do my homework today, <laughs> um, but I do think I had them squeaking in a wild card spot because I was calling Hughes to be a hundred point player this year. You did say I that, that. And, um, I had them in sixth. Um, I know they're a young team, but they just couldn't get it together last year and battled a ton of injury. Um, this year, I mean, Vanacek was one of the best things that's happened to that team, and now they have Timo Meyer. Damn, they're ready for their playoff push here. And yeah, but yeah, sixth place, damn, did not expect this at all. 100 points already for the New Jersey Devils, breaking all kinds of records this year. Nobody saw that coming. So next up, the New York Rangers, who I had first place in the Metro, are having an okay regular season. They're at 98 points just behind the Hurricanes and the Devils. Wow. Also first. I had them second. So I think we all knew what the top of the Metro was going to be like, minus the New Jersey Devils. Next up. The Islanders, who I had fifth, are currently sitting in fourth place in the first wildcard spot. And yeah, it seems like they'll hold on pick. to it. I also have them fifth. Nice. I have them seventh, and I remember ripping on them, saying that they're not a good team and that the GM will be fired this year. <laughs> they're an anomaly, yeah, man. I don't know. I, was, I, don't, I don't think they're that great. Yeah, I just... I wasn't confident with this team, and yeah, I put them at seventh for some reason, above or just below the Devils. Uh, fifth place, we got the Pittsburgh Penguins, who I had in fourth place. What did you guys pit the Pittsburgh Penguins at? Third. Me too. Third place. So they are just holding on to that last wild card spot. It's going to be interesting with uh, what the Penguins do moving forward. I mean. If they don't make it this year, it's going to be the first time in the, the Crosby era, I think, that they don't make it, right? First time. You're not going to trade him or Malkin either, so you're saddled for the next couple of years. First time since his rookie season that they would not make the playoffs. Oof. I think they make well, it. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. Uh, next up, we have the Washington Capitals sitting. What's that? Uh, five, sixth place? I had them third. I thought they were going to do better this year. Fourth. Me too. Just after Pittsburgh in the fourth place. Um, I don't know. I just felt like Pittsburgh was going to edge Washington. Um, but yeah, it's pretty close. I mean, points are yeah. they're battling. They're a wash. And then uh, probably set for the bottom here. We got the Flyers in seventh and Columbus Blue Jackets in eighth. Uh, I had them sixth and eighth between uh, Columbus and Philly. What did you guys put? Columbus sixth, Philly eighth. 
that's what I had. To I know. have Columbus fifth and Philly eighth. Um, I gave the benefit of the doubt to Johnny Gaudreau, and thought this team would be built from something. And I don't know; these new acquisitions just kind of failed. And then they got hit with the injury bug again. Bad times. And they have a worst in the East, minus ninety three goal differential. Ugh. Only behind the Anaheim Ducks, who have a minus 112. Something to note, too. um, This is Pacific Division, I forgot to say. But Edmonton is 0-4 on the shootout this year. Uh, You'd never expect it, right? With uh, these high shooters. Well, McDavid can't take every (laughs) shot. (laughs) Yeah. Last but not least, the Atlantic Division. Here we go. Oh, God. Where did you guys have Boston? Fourth. I had him fourth. Thank you. Yeah. So we all put him fourth. We didn't count him right out, but uh, nobody had him first. That's for sure. No one had about 120 plus points either. 57 wins. I know I counted him out. Yeah. I had you them did. out and I had Buffalo making it. Yeah. I would love to see Buffalo make that last wild card spot, but it's not going to happen. I don't think. Uh, Leafs, Fucking obviously, in second place here. I had them in first. Where did you guys put the Toronto Maple Leafs? First place, first. baby. Okay, and Tampa I had in second. They are in third. Where did you guys put them? Second. Third. Oh, uh, so Sudley nails that one. And then uh, the Florida Panthers in fourth. I had them in third place because, again, like Calgary, I thought we were going to see big things out of them again this year. Me too. Second. Oh. You... All right, and then like we said, we had Boston fourth, but it really in fourth place, or is the Florida Panthers, and fifth is the Buffalo Sabres. Where did you guys have put Buffalo? Uh, Last. Southern, you don't believe in the present President's Trophy curse, eh? Florida in second place here? <sighs> I wasn't thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo was seventh for me. Oversight. I had Buffalo seventh as well. Yeah, just uh, below Ottawa. Um, I had high hopes for Detroit, guys. I thought Detroit was going to be this fifth place team, kind of sneaky, coming into the <laughs> second wild card spot. But no, you know, hey, lots of talk about Vinny Huso and Perron and like these kind of clutch players coming over, but maybe still too young, still too inexperienced. I don't know. Stevie Wise, a methodical builder, he's going to take a few years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's safe to say, though, I think we all had, outside of Beaner counting out Boston, uh, some combination of Tampa, Florida, Boston, and Toronto as the top four, right? Yeah. yeah. So the bottom f- uh, four being Ottawa, Montreal, Buffalo, Detroit. So I had them as Ottawa, Montreal, Buffalo, Detroit. <laughs> what did you guys put down as your bottom four? Ottawa, Detroit, Montreal, Buffalo. I had Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, Montreal. Damn, so got pretty close. I think I think you've got like you got like three of them in the wrong spot, but the right order. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously the real standings are uh, Buffalo and then Ottawa, then Detroit, and then the eliminated Montreal Canadiens. So I mean, I think we all knew it's going to be a write-off here for the Canadians. I wanted more from Ottawa, but obviously some injuries have kept them out for the uh, from contention, losing. Do you guys have Cam Talbot like picks? as soon as the season starts? Um, I don't. Playoff? Okay. 
We can revisit that tomorrow. Also, uh, Josh Norris, uh, t- he was out majority of the year, and their second or first line center uh, taking a big hit. And I don't know this uh, new roster. They acquired all these new players in the off season. It took a while for them to gel. Um, now DeBrinket seems to be activated on the power play, and uh, Giroux's been pretty so- solid and steady. But then there was the whole thing with Batherson, and in the beginning of the season, we didn't know if some of these players were going to play with all the allegations with the World Juniors. Mm-hmm. One still yeah. hasn't. Yes. Yeah. That's right. So, and I don't know if you. I'm actually no. You guys did see it. Speaking of that, uh, Hockey Canada has come out saying that none of the players from that team are playing in any Team Canada event until the investigation is finished. Good. That includes yeah. Kale McCarr. Yep. That includes Carter Hart and Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, and Drake Batherson. I mean, these are guys. That, but what's Important. I mean, Kale McCarran was not going to be eligible to play because he'll be in the playoffs mm-hmm. with the with the Colorado Hurricane. Depending or, uh, depending how long ev- depending how long everybody drags their feet, though, this could go. They're talking about a World Cup for next year. That's true. Damn. That's true. Okay, let's play a game real quick. Called who's the highest scorer on each team, and then we'll get out of here. Okay. okay? Sure. Okay, Boston Bruins. Who's got the most points? Pasta. Points got to be pasta. Okay. Pasta. Correct. Sabres. Tage. Thompson. Correct. Thompson. Detroit Red Wings. Ooh. Um, it has to be... Um, Larkin. Yeah. Correct. Florida Panthers. Kachuk. 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 Montreal Canadiens. Oh, shit. Uh, Suzuki. Um, Suzuki with 61 yeah. points. Ooh. Ottawa Senators. Stutzel. Yep. yep. Correct. Chuck. No. Tampa Bay Lightning. Cooch. Kucherov, 104 points. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Marner. Mitchie. Marner. Marner. Carolina. Aho. Aho? Aho. No. Nope. <laughs> Not Aho. Um... Uh, not Brent Burns. It has to be. He's got six more points than. Oh, Natchez is leading the team. You Absolutely. are right. Sixty-eight oh. points. How did I know? I knew that. He's on my fantasy teams. Yeah, I knew that. Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> Boone Jenner. Uh, uh Kent Johnson. Johnny Gaudreau was correct with sixty-nine points. New Jersey Devils. Hughes. Hughes. Yeah. Jack Hughes, 86. Uh, New York Islanders. Horvat? Lamorello. No, that would be... It, it'll be Lee or Nelson, but I'll say Horvat. Nelson. Brock Nelson, 68 uh, points. I don't... It doesn't have... I think it only counts Horvats since joining the team. Oh, okay. I don't even think he's on here. Anyway, um, New York Rangers. Panarin. Yeah. Panarin, 84. Yeah. Flyers. Um, that would have to be Kevin Hayes. Tippett? Nope. Tippett? Nope. Um, oh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Konechny? Co- 
Travis Konechny with 54 no. points. 54 points. <laughs> He's leading the team. Damn. That is so low. That's that's the worst so far. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Crosby. Crosby. Crosby with yeah. 85. Capitals. Ovi. Ovi. Ovi with only 72 points leads the team. Hmm. 40 goals. Arizona Coyotes. Clayton Keller. Keller. Clayton Keller is correct. Oh my fucking god. Chicago Blackhawks. This is a Don't tricky hate. one. He's not there anymore. Um don't tell me it's like radish. Domi? He's not there anymore. Oh crap. Yeah, no, sorry, he's in Dallas. Sorry. Um Steph is correct with 33 <laughs> points, Taylor Radish. <laughs> That's what a insane. Fire. I knew that. It would have been Max Domi. Uh Colorado Avalanche. Uh Rantanen. Rantanen, yeah. Or is it McKinnon? The only one that's been healthy. McKinnon has seven more points than Rantanen at Oh, really? Interesting. But he leads in goals, Rantanen. Yeah. 48 goals. Dallas Stars. Uh, Robertson. Robertson. 91 points for Jason Robertson. Uh, Minnesota Wild. Caprizov. Caprizov. Thrill the thrill. 74 points. Nashville Predators. Roman Yossi. Oh, jeez. Roman Yossi is correct with 59 points. Boom. St. Louis Blues. Uh, that has to... Thomas? No. That has to be Booch. No, Booch was injured a lot of the year. Um, this is hard. Tarasenko is really cold right now. Kairou. Is it Kairou? Jordan yeah. Kairou with 68 yeah. points. Winnipeg Jets. Shifley. Connor. Kyle Connor with 75. Okay. Anaheim Ducks. Zegris. Zegris yeah. with 59 points. Wow. Calgary Flames. Um, Kadri? Lindholm? Second and third place, Lindholm and Kadri, but who's got first? Huberto? Not Sully. Not Huberto. Huberto is fourth. No, yeah, it's... Who just hit 50 points. Um, who is that... Shit, who is that uh, winger? It's not, it's not Mangiapane. No, he hasn't been scoring this no. year. Um, it's no. Toffoli, is it? Montreal Canadiens legend Tyler yes. Toffoli with 67 points, 31 goals, and 36 assists. There we go. That's garbage. That's crazy. Uh, Edmonton Oilers. McDavid, come on now. 143 points, almost three times as many as Travis Konechny. Tenth player to reach um, 100. Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Kings? Uh, Fiala. Kevin Fiala with 70 points. Uh, San Jose He's Sharks. He's been injured for a couple Carlson. months. Which is l- Kevin Fiala has less than half the amount of points of Connor McDavid. Uh, <laughs> San Jose Sharks. Carlson. Carlson yep. with 91. Seattle Kraken. This is tough because they're pretty even with the scoring. Um, I'm going to go... McCann. McCann? McCann is second by two points. Ooh. Then it has to be Bjorkstrand? It's not. No. Um, Nope. Beneers leading the team? Oh, no, 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 no. Schwartz or that other fuck. Uh, (laughs) Nope. um, (laughs) That other fuck. uh, On the first line, that's kind of useless. Eberly? Yes. Everly. 
forgettable team from the Islanders. Everlay is third. Okay. Uh, so you guys have guessed Vince second, Dunn. third, Vince and Dunn. fourth place. Yes. Vince Dunn, defenseman Vince Dunn, with sixty-one points, leads the Ooh. team. Thirteen goals and forty-eight Damn. assists. Fantasy gold for my team. Uh, Vancouver Canucks. Patterson. 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 And finally, oh my God, really? The Vegas Golden Knights. Who have been riddled with injuries and have not had the same lineup playing for longer. Jack Jack Eichel leads the team with 59 points. (laughs) Stevenson with 56. Marcia with 54. Riley Smith with 51. Petrangelo and Carlson with 49 each. So it's really spread out among their top five guys. Even Shea Theodore's got 41 points. Yeah. Nice. Damn. Phil Kessel with uh, 13 goals and 20 assists in 74 games. Only Stevenson, Carlson, and uh, Phil Kessel have played in every game this year. And Ironman. Hot dogs for all. So, good job, guys. You did uh, fairly fairly fantastic, considering uh, those were pretty, t- I mean, mostly pretty easy, but some of those were random I as shit. I think we nailed it. I like that game. You did. Not bad. We'll do uh we'll do another version of that next time. We'll get uh we'll do who has started the most games in net for each team. How about that? Interesting. Yes. Or goalie wins. I shouldn't have told you because now you're gonna think about it. No cheating. No cheating. Uh send me more if you want to hear them uh try to guess games. This is a fun so- one. Cool. If, if you guys had to guess right now, how many players, I don't know the answer off the top of my head, I just was thinking about this, how many players currently active in the league have more than two Stanley Cup rings? Oh my god. I've had to think of that Pat for a So top of my head, I'm thinking seven. Just quickly thinking of it. Ten. Active players with more than two? Or two? Taves, Kane, two Crosby, more, right? Malkin, Latang, Maroon. Murray and uh, Flurry. No, Murray's only got two. Oh, I thought I thought two or more. Oh, that's tough. I thought you meant two. Yeah, I was thinking two or more. I was gonna say, oh god, there's got to be like seventy-five. Oh no, but like more yeah. than two. With seventy-one, so got two. The, oh, right. the two Six Blackhawks left. Your Penguins and then Maroon because he's an anomaly. <laughs> Well, let us know if you can find out if you're, what your guess is, and we'll, oh, uh, we'll let you know. Corey Perry. Hmm. Wait, no, 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 right. no. no he, wasn't, he wasn't on Tampa. No. He just played He's been against on the team that years. loses. He's lost yeah. a lot, yeah. yeah. He keeps going to whoever loses. He's had it's the fun. most Stanley Cup finals games. Yeah. He's the reverse Marion Hosa. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Um, I would play the outro, but I don't think anything is going to work. So, oh yeah, because you're um, it. <laughs> you Justin Holden. I didn't ruin anything. Okay, Whiffed. so uh, you know where to do. Follow us uh, on all those uh, platforms. The video will be up on the Inside the Rink YouTube tomorrow, and uh, we love you. Have a good night. Good night.